0: So my message tonight is I love you. You're the best baby in the world. There, I said it. Let's pray. Hey, welcome. Merry Christmas. My name is Joe Hishma. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's really awesome to gather in and celebrate the greatest gift ever given to us. I want to welcome all of you who are are watching from our overflow area, and even we went to Facebook Live. We want to welcome everyone who couldn't make it to this service. I even heard from Uber. They said we were spiking up business from the elementary school to the front door. <laughs> and so thank you for taking the extra trek to be here with us. You know, I don't know how many of you are opening presents uh, tonight or you're waiting till tomorrow. How many of you open presents tonight? Okay, what about Tomorrow. Wow, OK, so tomorrow wins. but what are you doing? How many of you are doing both? You're a little bit tonight, a little bit tomorrow. OK, so if you open a to president's presence tonight, not presidents, I that's another topic. Um, if you're open presence tonight, you're saying, "Come on, get through this thing. I want to get to some presents." And I know because I was once you where you were seated, kids, I wanted this to go fast. But you know what? I want to talk to you about what makes a great gift. What makes a great gift? There's actually some studies that universities have done from the perspective of the giver and the receiver of gifts of what makes a great gift. Let's talk about that. I looked at five specific studies uh, that looked at at what makes a, a great gift, and I've come up with a summary of three factors that make a great gift. The first one is this. A great gift fulfills a desire. In other words, People who received the gift really wanted that gift. That's what made it a good gift. It's not gifts like when you're six years old and you get the onesie, the onesie pajamas that you don't want. but grandma wants for you or or mom wants for you. This is a gift that you actually like. This isn't a bathroom scale or a vacuum cleaner. This is gifts that you actually want. You aren't going to hide and you aren't going to re-gift to someone else. And whether it's a physical gift or an experience together, it really speaks the language of the person who receives it. Secondly, a great gift has an element of surprise to it. That's why we wrap them. That's why there's this picture of, I wasn't expecting it, and it exceeded my expectations. That's a picture of a great gift. Like one couple was interviewed. The wife went out. She looked at the store. She saw this item she really wanted, but she couldn't afford it. She didn't think it was a wise decision financially, but her husband went out and bought her that thing, and it was like, wow, this is awesome. It's greater than my expectations. It's more than I would have bought for myself. It had an element of surprise to it. And the final thing is that a great gift is thoughtful. And here's what we mean by that. It means that whenever you see this gift, it reminds you that that person loved you, that that person was thoughtful about you. It was meaningful because of that. Like, this is a gift I got when my middle son, Jack, was four years old. And you know what, this is one of our most priceless gifts. It, it has a picture of me, see that? <laughs> see the nose, how much it matches like that? Okay, so. But this is what it says. This is Jack at age four. He goes, my dad is a preacher. He preaches every time when he goes to work. All he does is preach. (laughs) Can we get an amen from that? Okay. But here's the best one. um, He goes, but he works sometimes. (laughs) That's America's view of the pastor right there. Then he says, I like to play games with him, like Candyland and Lucky Duck. That's all. Jack. (laughs) See, I have this in my office. It's one of my favorite gifts because it reminds me of who Jack was when he was four years old. It's a keepsake, priceless to me. As I was reading this Christmas story, that's one of the things I try to take time with and, and go through the Advent season, reading a passage of Scripture as we make our way towards the Christmas day, uh, I, and as I read the story of Jesus, and I researched what makes a great gift, I had to step back from my studies, and I realized that Jesus literally meets these standards for a great gift. You see, this Jesus, his birth was announced as a fulfillment of a desire of humanity to be restored back to God. God. He was born not in the courts of kings of the Roman Empire, and not even to a family of prosperity or privilege, but rather he was born in the, in the margins, surprisingly in the margins of the world, in places people least expected the greatest gift to arrive, outside uh, a little humble village to a displaced family because of a census uh, in, in Bethlehem. And yet, this baby, this baby named Jesus, would remind the world over and over and over again and demonstrate that we're loved by God. So that by having this gift of Jesus, everyone can know and everyone can live in the love of God. See, Christians believe this little baby named Jesus lived and died and rose again to be the greatest gift ever ever to be given by God and the greatest gift ever to be received by us. John in his his account of the life of Christ in the New Testament, he talks about the greatest gift. And you know in other places like Matthew and Luke, they kind of give the details of where it was, who experienced it, how it happened. John moves right into and he targets this is Jesus. Look at how he says this. In John 1:14 he says and the word became flesh And dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. What John is literally saying. Is that Jesus is God in the flesh. And when he lived on this earth. When people met him. When people spent time with him. When they actually experienced life with God. God with us. You see this the whole picture of Jesus fulfills a desire in us to make sense of our lives. It, it's a longing to, to be connected to a greater story that explains our past, under, helps us understand our present, and directs us for the future. Like where we came from, what's happening now, and where are we headed? What John does is he presents, us, it, it presents all of this in the person of Jesus. And he does it with Three words. Three words that he'll introduce to us as we continue reading, but three words that if you continue reading throughout the book of John, he repeats over and over and over, so that when you have the gift of Jesus, you have these three things in your life, and they're the gift of life, the gift of light, and the gift of love. Let's look at each one of these. Jesus is the gift of life. Look at how John introduces him, John 1.1. 1, 1. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing, not anything made that was made. If you've read a little bit in the Bible, that what the first verse of the Bible in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it starts out like this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If you've ever heard that, John is being real intentional here, and he's saying, ultimately, Jesus is the creator of all life. He came to this earth and took on flesh to live a life for us, but ultimately, he was way back in the beginning, because in the beginning was God. Jesus is God, and he created everything. He's the source of life. He's the one who speaks, and nothing becomes something And he's someone that Paul would say, in him all things hold together. And as creator of humanity, Jesus created us in his image to live in a relationship with him. Our creator, Jesus, he holds us with dignity and worth, priceless and eternal. Every life with Jesus has dignity, significance, and value. So, what John is saying is, Jesus, the Creator, He came into this world and He ultimately invites each of us to be recreated in Him. As the gift of life, life from God, life with God, this life with Jesus then reminds us that we're not alone. We're not on our own. God's not absent, He's not aloof. He's alive, He's active. And through his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, he wanted to redeem us all back to life with God. And as giver of this life, both now and for eternity, Jesus invites us to be reborn in him. Now, I love it when we get to get together with our families and we talk about and we catch up, especially if you traveled from out of town. One of the top questions when family gets together is, how are you doing? In other words, how's life? And if life stinks for you right now, you dread that question, right? Especially if people know (laughs) or have heard, but they're coming to you and asking that. Others of you are doing really well in life, and so you just go, I'm fine, move on, let's go on. Or I'm fine just by myself. What I've discovered is that people who've received the gift of Jesus has allowed Jesus to start writing his life in their lives. And so when you get a picture of someone who's just had this horrendous year, they lost a loved one, their relationship ended, their marriage uh, ended, they, they, uh, they had a difficult health condition or diagnosis, They've, they struggled getting along and even struggled mentally in processing this world. Here's what I hear about people who are allowing Jesus to write his life in their lives. They go, you know, it's a really tough year but I couldn't imagine doing it without Jesus. People who are following and receive this gift are living life with Jesus. He's the gift of life, but he's also the gift of light. Let's continue reading in John chapter one. It says this, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Do you see how he moves? Once you receive that life, now you have light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So John uses two things, darkness and light. Light to give a picture of when you receive the gift of Jesus into your life, you have the light of God. You've got the truth about God, of who he is, and you have the truth about yourself. The other word he uses is darkness. That means a life without God, without the gift of Jesus, a life on your own. But darkness is also used to describe the broken condition of the world. We see darkness all around us. We see darkness in words like evil and hatred and anger, rejection, injustice, greed, violence, abuse, pride, selfishness. And those are just a few words. I'll move on because it's Christmas Eve, okay? And we don't have to travel far before we observe the darkness in the world. It's easy to see out there. It's easy to see in other people, especially when they offend us. I think what makes darkness difficult to see is when it's in you, because I've struggled that. I've struggled with seeing the darkness in me, but it's a hard reality to ignore. I live with this reality every day, especially when I try to be a person of light. And there's a lot of reasons, and there's a lot of issues, explanations for the realities of the brokenness and the darkness in the world around us. There's also a ton of solutions that people offer to bring light to darkness, Some see solutions offered in a political party or progress or prosperity. And although some things have come into the light because of that, it can't resolve the personal issue of darkness that we all have within ourselves. John says, the true light which came into the world gives light to everyone. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. This literally means that although Jesus came into this world to bring light, people actually loved darkness rather than light. And see, when you follow Jesus, he doesn't just call you away from darkness, he always leads you into the light. I hear this from a lot of Christians who live the life and the light of Jesus. They go, you know, I was living in darkness for so much. I was, I was unaware of God, I was unaware of my condition, and then the light came on. And I realized there's nothing I could do to save myself. I can't be good enough. I understood that. But I understand that by coming into the light, I realized Jesus is the one who can save me. I can't save myself, but I need to just trust in him. Jesus is always going to call us out of hiding from the dark because he's the gift of light. He's the truth. And he invites us to come out of the darkness and to live in his light. That's the very target of the light of God, our lives that we would find and follow him out of the darkness into his glorious light, awakened, aware, alive in the truth of who he is and who we can be in him. So John describes Jesus as the gift of life, the gift of light, and then finally the gift of love. Here's how he does it. Follow along with me. He says, it came, he came to his own, but to his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, many of us think that the opposite of love is hate, but actually the opposite of love is rejection. If you think with me, some of our greatest hurts, some of our greatest wounds with this whole concept of trying to love someone is when they reject it, when they resist it, when they turn away from us and walk. And it says here that when Jesus came to the world, it says he came to his own and his own people rejected him or they did not receive him, but he continued to love. See, that's God's relentless, never give up kind of love for us, that Jesus, even when the world didn't want him, he chose to come to this world. You see, Jesus is love. He loves us not because of anything we've done or will do, but simply because he is loving. Love is who he is. And Jesus is always going to call us into his love, away from self-love and into selfless love. As the life and the light and the love of God in Jesus comes into our lives, it comes in simply by receiving it. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's received. It's the greatest gift. Now, I remember receiving Jesus into my life when I was a young child. I was probably around Jack's age when I first heard about Jesus and understood it and made a decision to trust him, to trust him with my life and begin to follow him. And as a little kid, I just had the most simple childlike faith. And it was this, God, I can't save myself. But Jesus, you lived for me, you died for me, you rose again for me. That's what I need. And I put my faith and trust in him. But as I continued to grow up, I tried to integrate faith into my life. Not something that just operated in one part of me or on my weekly schedule called church. But because I really saw these things as part of who I am, the whole of who I am in Christ. And these three aspects of the gift of Jesus have been a grid for me every day of my life. This simple gift of Jesus has become incredibly profound for me the older that I've grown. Like this, with Jesus as my life and the gift of life. How many do-overs do we need? (laughs) How many gimmies do we need? I mean, we fall short of other people's expectations. We even fall short of our expectations that we have for ourselves. How do we get a new life? We get a new life in Christ. Because Jesus comes into my life and he offers me new beginnings to things that are dead ends. He comes in and offers me rebirth to habits and patterns that I need to let die. Because he's my life every time I follow Jesus, every day I wake up, Jesus offers me life in his name. And Jesus is light. How many times have you ever lived in the dark, deceived of what you sincerely believed was true, but in the end you were wrong? I mean, I don't like to admit I'm wrong. I just don't. But yet what I've been shown over the course of my life is that the humble admit when they're wrong. And when I've walked with Jesus as my light, there's things that he's had to come into my life and he said, hey, let darkness shine there. Come out, live out in the open, Joe. Be authentic, be real as a follower of me. You're gonna be far from perfect, but at least be aware of the darkness within you available to me to shine my light. Don't be afraid of my life, light and live alive in the truth of who I am and who you are in me. Jesus reminds me that as the gift of light. We need that. And as the gift of love, my goodness, doesn't this world, don't we need more pictures of selfless love? Love that shows up to give doesn't show up with expectations to get. See, what our world is driven by is more lust than love. Showing up to get, sticking around to get, not showing up selflessly to give. And when you follow Jesus, he teaches us to love, not by just trying to get, but rather to give up ourselves, just as Christ loved us and he gave himself up for us because he loves us. The greatest gift I've ever been offered and the greatest gift I've ever received is Jesus. And the greatest gift I could ever give you on this Christmas Eve is the gift of Jesus. John says this in John three sixteen. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This, my friends, is the offer of Jesus to each and every one of you. See, God so loved the world that God gave us the gift of Jesus. And our only thing that we do is to receive it. Just like you'll receive a gift in a few hours or tomorrow morning or a hybrid of the two. You'll receive that gift and you won't take out money to try to replay it. You'll take that gift, you'll be thankful and you'll say, thank you for this gift and you'll receive it. Therefore, as we believe in Jesus, we receive the gift of life, of light and of love. And the beauty of this gift is that in this room, In this room, we have children, some who are four, like Jack and like I was when I first accepted this gift, and we have great, great grandparents in this room. So from young to mature, we have everyone who has offered this gift. That's why it's such a simple but yet profound way of coming to God through Christ, is that all it calls us to do is believe that Jesus lived, he died, and he rose for us. Now, I don't believe there's this this secret little prayer or mystical prayer that you've got to pray and all your wild dreams come true with God. But I do believe you have to have a point where you go, I get it, I get it. It's not me trying to make my way to God. It's not me trying to be a good person. It's in me trusting in Jesus to give me what I can't get for myself and to receive what he did as our life, our light and our love. And when you receive that, John says, you're in the family. You're children of God. Welcome to that family. If you're here and you'd like to receive that, just take that moment now and talk with God. Say, God, I get it. It's not about me working for you. It's me receiving from you the gift of Jesus. I get it, and I believe in him. And if you have received that gift, welcome to the family. Now grow and be a person who then lives the life, the light, and the love of Jesus. And if you live that life and that light and the love of Jesus, then look around you and give that light and life and love of Jesus to the world around you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to draw near to the reality of the greatest gift ever given to us. Thank you for inviting us to this place where we can receive this gift, live this gift, and give this gift. We thank you for it being simple but profound in how we receive it today and live it in the future. Father, we recognize that Jesus is the gift of life and light and love. We believe that you are God who lived and died and rose for us, and we receive you into our lives.